0: This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox.
1: Hello and welcome to Financial Detox. It's Jason Labrum, your host in studio with the whole darn team today. We're going to have a great show for you. As always, we have Alex Smith, my co-host and the co-host of, not my co-host, the co-host of Financial Detox. I can be your co-host, Jason. That's okay. I like it, man. I'll be your wingman any day. <laughs> okay. But in studio, we have a special guest. This is our traditional hazing of the new advisor show, which we have Carrie Leamy, who's in studio. Hi, Carrie.
2: Hi. Welcome Hi, Carrie. to the...
1: Financial Detox Show. Carrie Leamy is a very talented young lady um, who has joined our firm recently to um, help with all kinds of great things, and she's an advisor who uh, has experience in the business, and so this is part of our traditional hazing as we bring the new advisors on the radio show. Yeah.
3: I told her we even did it once with, uh, with someone we were interviewing. So oh my not, God. Not even a new employee, but just that anyone true, who's
1: yeah. in our in our
3: crosshairs the day that we are doing the show is probably going to end up on the show. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. Yeah.
2: It, it but,
1: always goes well. Don't worry. So what do you have to say
3: about I'm running
2: that? for the door right now. Right.
1: And you're literally <laughs> stuck locked. in between Andrew and Jason. <laughs> yeah. And you're stuck in between Andrew and Jason. So and Andrew's got, here too. Andrew. Andrew Grant. Hello, everybody. Director of Portfolio Management here at IDA, the man who is responsible for helping us execute such beautiful trades, uh, run a phenomenal analysis on all kinds of different things to make sure that we build the right portfolios for our clients, uh, coordinates, educates the advisors, gets us all up to speed and makes sure we know what we're doing and what we're talking about, and he implements it. So, Andrew, thanks for coming on the show, man.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So here's the deal. We're going to talk about a couple things today. You are you want to listen to this show. It's an important show because there are certain things that happen at the end of the year that are critical in and can make a substantial impact. Actually, some of these things happen throughout the year if you do them right. But at the end of the year, it's of particular importance to uh, think about some particular some things that can uh, impact not only your taxes, but just financial planning in, in general, which Carrie will touch on. Um, I'll give you a quick list here. So, talking about making charitable donations, right? So, charitable donations are one of the only things that will go through the new tax rules and that you pretty much can go up to 65% of your adjusted gross income and in making uh, charitable donations and getting tax deductions for those. So, that's still one of the best tools you have. We'll talk a bit about that. We're also going to talk about RMDs, that nasty word, required minimum distribution, how you have to take money out of IRAs and and old 401ks if you are not working because the government wants their share of taxes. And there's also tax loss harvesting. Now, that's exciting and fun because you get an opportunity to save uh, some money on taxes and if you do it correctly, you don't miss out on the market. And last but not least, we're going to talk about strategies to mitigate taxes that take place on record dates for mutual funds. This is a big one, Andrew. Why don't we start at the end and have you rip into that little bit because this is something that... I think a lot of people make the mistake on where they buy mutual funds at the wrong time of the year or they buy mutual funds when they should be looking at ETFs or whatnot, and they cost themselves unnecessary taxes. Can you explain that, Andrew? And don't be afraid to get right up in that mic, buddy. Yeah, I know of you're, course. I know of you're course. really shy and quiet.
4: So. No, I'm not shy. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, so uh, cap gains are one thing with mutual funds that people want to look out for at the end of the year. And it's, it's really important. Too to kind of notate when a client actually bought those mutual funds, so you start thinking about um, cap gains distributions probably towards the end of the summer, um, and you're going to want to take a look at historically what some of your funds have distributed over the years, um, and this this essentially is it's a way to mitigate any any tax liability that the mutual fund will be passing along to you because of a long-term cap gain. Um, these gains happen because they've had to sell certain positions that have obviously done well um, in order to give people redemptions and cash for what they're trying to sell for their mutual fund
1: shares. So in English, if I try and break that down, (laughs) um, you, you buy a mutual fund. That mutual fund inside of it owns a bunch of different stocks. Those stocks either go up or down in value. That mutual fund buys and sells those stocks throughout the year. And what happens is at the end of the year, they have to say, okay, for everybody who owned our mutual fund and for all the stocks we bought and or sold, we have to issue a capital gains distribution. We have to Share pro rata those gains that we had in the sales of stocks within our portfolio. So you can end up having to pay gains. Now, here's the kicker that I've seen. This is the nasty one, right, Andrew? Where um, you buy a mutual fund, let's say in September, and in October or early November, they issue capital gains. And maybe from September to November, the funds actually down, but yet they sold things throughout the year, stocks inside the portfolio at a gain and now you're down but yet you have to pay tax on gains that you didn't have where do you see that as an investor so i have my account with one of these large you
3: know discount brokerage firms do i do i see that like where do i see that is that in my tax form my year end tax form like how do i know how to prevent that and what what does that mean you said some things that they were english but it was it was a bit I can tell you're a director of portfolio management, you know, um, and not like me. <laughs> simple English. <laughs> like, what do, what, do I, what am I looking for as an investor to be able to control that or mitigate that? It's, yeah.
4: Right. I mean, well, that's obviously the financial advisor's job to be. If they have one, but if they have one, what right? if they don't? So if I'm a do it yourself or I yeah. got to figure it out. Right. <laughs> so that That's exactly what we do here. Right. Is we're looking out for these potential. You know issues for a client, right? Um, but no, if you if you are a do it yourselfer and you are looking out, you basically just need to go to the mutual funds website, and they, they're they always going to have an area that talks about cap gains. Yeah, it's right? a big deal. Yeah, it's a, a known, it's a this deal. is not yeah. a
1: secret, like hidden yep. behind the closet door right. type of thing.
4: And some strategies that we also try to implement, right? Like I had said, we start, we start trying to hone in on these at the end of the summer um, because cap gains record dates, so that's the date that if you do own that mutual fund, and you own it on that record date it will you will actually you will get caught into that cap gain yeah. right you're going to pay so taxes on it so if you sell it before you could get out of it right but uh, there there are other other strategies come into effect with that do, do you have a long term gain do you have a short term right. gain do you have a loss if you have a loss and it's a taxable account
1: you take it riveting conversation coming up on end of the year tax strategies and other end of the year strategies. So stay with us. It's Financial Detox. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Financial Detox. We're talking end of year tax strategies here as we come up on December and the advent has begun. We are going to help you uh, make good decisions, right? That's what Financial Detox is all about, is helping you avoid the great behavioral blunders that most investors make. Thank you, Nick Murray. And help you optimize your portfolio returns for the amount of risk or volatility you're willing to accept. We do this every day. We do it in such a way at Intelligence Driven Advisors and the Financial Detox team that it's actually quite remarkable. As I Look back on it, I started building this piece because we're trying to show why all advice is not created equal. I guess this is a bit of a sales pitch, but why all advice is not created equal? Because there's a financial advisor on roughly every corner. And what do we all do? And do we do the same thing? And I think most people feel like financial advisors, by and large, do kind of the same thing, right? You get an advisor, but they don't at all. Um, Andrew, who's on the show here with us, talked about our... Evaluation of capital gains and owning different positions at different times for different tax reasons. And when you properly structure a portfolio with the right tax mentality behind it and the tax discipline and thought process behind it, you're talking about potentially adding between 1% and 2% a year, I would say, very easily, rate of return to your overall net after-tax return. And as, somebody can probably tell me who the quote was, but as one great wise man once said it's not how much you make it's how much you keep
3: if you're listening and you do have kind of bringing back some of those tax year end topics rmd so if you're over 70 and a half and you have to take money out of your your qualified retirement accounts right your old your ira your 401k inherited iras if those you might have to do even if you're not 70 and a half right you probably do if you have an inherited ira true there there are ways to miss those too Yeah. Those are the ones that are a little more complicated. They don't, you can't really automate those to the custodians. You have to actually manually do the the, the work yourself or your advisor team does, but you can, if you're thinking about giving, like, so our family was going to give, we did give to those two nonprofit 501 C threes. Um, I did write checks, right? But if I had RMDs, I could do what's called a qualified contribution where it comes directly out of my account yep. and goes directly to the organization and I've satisfied my RMD and I get some sort of tax benefit. Well, right? yeah,
1: you don't have to pay tax on the money that comes out. So let's say you have a $25,000 RMD required minimum distribution and you're going to be philanthropic anyway or you're charitably right. inclined and you want to give $25,000 away or you don't need the money. Then you can take that 25000 directly qualified distribution, give it to the charitable organization and now you don't pay tax on the 25000 And what we see so many times is do-it-yourself Or people at the big discount brokerage firms and whatnot is they don't, they're not paying attention to these every day because they don't live, breathe and eat this stuff. Like our team of 20 people with 390 years collective experience, actually a little more than that, but, um, so what happens is, you know, you take that money, and now you're not paying twelve thousand in tax all the time. We see people take an RMD, and then later go give money out of their trust, and they yeah. pay twelve thousand in taxes that they didn't need to pay. Well, ultimately, they may get the tax deduction later. Yeah. But this is a nice way to streamline that. The process.
3: other one too, if you don't have RMDs, and it doesn't apply to you, is, is you, you still want to be charitable and you're, and you're in the spirit of giving. You know, and now it's Christmas is coming, and so we're giving to people that have less than than we do, right? We're trying to help people. And um, so if you have a non-retirement account and you have highly appreciated stocks yep. or mutual funds or whatever, and especially you could tie it into what Andrew was talking about, if you want to not <laughs> have to deal with the record date cap gains, right. you could give those away. <laughs> right and then before you the record date. And yeah. the yeah, highly appreciated nature of it means that you, if you were to sell it and deal with it on your own, take those cap gains, now you're you're giving that to another, to a nonprofit. Right. And I don't think they have to pay the tax. Of on the course not. either. No, they so don't. everybody, no one pays taxes in that scenario. That's right. pretty cool.
1: Only the one who loses is uncle Sam, which until they display a better ability to <laughs> manage their own balance sheet, we are okay with that. So
3: we went fast on those two ideas, but if you want to hear more in detail and engage you know, one of us to discuss that, if that applies to you, that's another good reason to reach out to us.
1: Eight seven seven are massive, right? Those are big. They those are big. 877-707-8889 That's 877-707-8889 It's Financial Detox and we are the Financial Detox team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. So we have a couple more minutes to elaborate on this. One of the things that I want to also point out, because we deal with a lot of business owners and executives and company founders and whatnot who have liquidity events, and this is a really, if you had a liquidity event in 2019 of any type, and you haven't uh, done any charitable planning, if you're charitably inclined, um, this is the time to do it right now. So let's say I sell my business for $10 million in 2019. That income is going to hit my 2019 taxes. This is the time for me to now give away the money I would probably give away for the rest of my life. Follow me here, right? So if I say, all right, I sold my business for $10 million, I'm going to probably over the rest of my life, I would give away $500,000 or a million dollars over the rest of my life and maybe my kids' lives too. If I put that money into a donor advised fund or a family foundation or a charitable remainder trust today, I get the tax deduction for that today, offsetting the sale of my business and that taxable income. So what you can do is front load those charitable gifts, put them into an account, that then it grows tax free, where you don't have to give all the money away today, you can now set up a We talk a lot about intergenerational planning and financial planning for multiple generations. Now you can instill values of giving and charitable inclination to not only yourself for the rest of your life, but also for that of future generations. And you can do this very inexpensively through donor advised funds or family foundations. Really fun topic if you've been fortunate enough and you worked hard enough and you made it, made it happen and you sold a business. This is a phenomenal time to do that is, is think about giving for the rest of your life, but do it today. And then you actually get to spread those gifts out however you want, whenever you want, over the rest of your life. Hopefully that made sense. What do you think, Carrie? Carrie, who's been so, uh, she's record silence here on the show so far, but we're going to pull her in. Um, She's going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about financial planning, end of year goals. But doesn't that, from a financial planning strategy, as you look at your income year over year, right? I mean, in our cash flow analysis, we're looking at income year over year and planning ahead of time. We know when people are going to sell a business and we're able to make strategic moves, right? I mean, isn't that what financial planning is all about?
2: Right. Yeah. And first of all, just want to say thank you for having yeah. me on the show. It's great to have you. Um, I joined the firm for so many reasons, but one of them is uh, ideas focused on consumer education. So yeah. anyways, just wanted to say thank you. Super excited yeah. to be on here. Great. Um, but yeah, as far as planning goes, um, I think of, you know, at the end of the year, something that people do is they think about the year ahead. So, yes. you know, some people set New Year's goals or New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm a huge... Um, advocate for financial planning and the value it brings to families and individuals lives Um, so I would you know maybe take a look as you're thinking about your goals for the new year take a look at does it make sense to do a financial plan for me and my family Um, you know just working with clients over the years I have 12 years of experience in the business and um, I've just seen how much you know sitting down and doing a financial plan with an expert um, how much it does for families' life so it
1: changes it right I mean and it creates a financial peace of mind. I want to talk more about this. Let's keep it going, but let's take a quick break. But um, it, it, it's a it's a difference between investing with a discipline and structure and financial peace of mind or just winging it and winging it does not work well when it comes to investing because eventually emotions take hold you make behavioral blunders you destroy your potential for long-term returns and uh it's not good so financial plan is the anchor it is the heartbeat it is the, the the core of the discipline that allows you to then uh carry on good investment decisions throughout the rest of your plan stay with us, Carrie. let's keep it going in just a minute we'll be right back it's financial detox i'm jason labrum your host Welcome back. It's financial detox, and it's the end of year financial planning must. And we are—we've talked about capital gains, we've talked about um, tax loss harvesting, we've talked about charitable giving, all these things that kind of culminate at the end of the year. However, when done correctly, these are things that are thought of throughout the year and oftentimes executed on throughout the year. And I think, although we talk about them now, and as it's a des- our first December show, um, we this is this is. Probably a mistake that most people make is wait till December to start thinking about this stuff. So, but it's weird if we do tax planning shows in April. Actually, that wouldn't be weird. April would be good, but in July or whatnot. So, think about these things as we talk about them today, but also think about are you, if you're doing it yourself, implementing these throughout? The year and thinking about these throughout the year, are these part of your financial plan or is your advisor talking about these things? Because if your advisor isn't also focused on tax planning, helping you, that doesn't necessarily mean doing your tax return, but planning for your taxes and reducing your taxable income through wise investment strategies and whatnot, then you probably got the wrong advisor on your team. So Carrie was talking about, and I kind of jumped in because we were going to break there at the end, Carrie. but you were talking about how financial planning and end of the year goal setting, and you've had, like you said, 12 years experience in financial planning. I want you to just share a little bit more about the impact that that has on people, like the impact of having a guide a coach take you through a financial plan who understands this, who does it all day, every day, who breaks down the complex and makes it understandable and in simple English terms. But the value that that provides to people, not only at the end of the year and as they're setting up their, their plan for going forward, when are you going to retire? Do you have enough money? But... Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe just walk us through that client experience a little bit so our listeners can hear what does a financial planning experience look like with us at, at IDA?
2: All right, so um, first of all, your financial planner will sit down with you and just get to know you um, totally. Um, your entire financial situation, um, I personally believe it helps to get to know them as a person. Um, you know, I've had situations where I had a client who um, – you know, she was high net worth. She had a lot of life savings, but she was, um, you know, and she wanted to have more a more of aggressive strategy. But when I got to know her, she had a ton of loss in her life. And so I sat down and talked with her and said, you know, how would you feel in a bear market with your, right. all of your life savings going down this much? And she said, you know what? You're right. She was like, I think I might, you know, bail. I might not stick to the strategy. And that's not good for her. So um, for me personally, and, uh, you know, for IDA, is, um, you know, getting to know you as a person is very important too. Huge. Um, so after we gather all the information, we do our analysis, we run projections, um, you know, when, how long is your life savings going to last, um, at the amount of money you want to spend every year. Um, so it's really nice. I mean, just some, some examples of um, how families I've worked with have. Used financial planning to improve their lives would be, um, especially in this area. There are a lot of people who want to retire early. Um, you know, people in high stress jobs, yeah. you know, making good money. Yeah. Um, but you know, since I moved uh, to Southern California, that's something that people come to me about is you know, can't. What do I need to do right now? What do I need to save every year um, yeah. to be able to retire early? To retire at fifty five or sixty. Yeah. Um, you know, something. Maybe you have a job change you're thinking about. Um, I worked with somebody who had a Level position offered to them, but they worked at um, you know a larger company with great benefits. Um, so through that process, they he actually realized he was going to make a mistake um, if he hadn't gone through the financial planning process and would have taken the new job, which wouldn't have reached his family's goals. Um, so that was hugely important to him. Yeah. Um, so many reasons, you know. If, am I about to retire? Um, you know, I have I've done a good job of saving all this money, but how much can I spend every year to ensure that I'm not going to run mon- out of money in my lifetime? Have enough for, um, you know, healthcare when I'm older. And yeah.
1: um, well, and isn't it isn't it true that when you get into the type of financial planning we do, which is daily cash flow analysis planning? So it's it's not a goal based plan. Goal based plans are quite simple, and they look at one aspect of your life. But cash flow financial planning, which we do at Intelligence Driven Advisors and the Financial Detox Team, recommends you at do. As an individual, takes into account the cash flow in and out effect of and the cause and effect relationship throughout all aspects of your financial plan, right? No question. So with that, um, unfortunately, 30 minutes goes by so fast. So we're going to wrap it up. But thank you, Carrie, for being here and being put on the spot. Hazing session number one is complete. You did Great. Thank you for being and, here. And, and Andrew is so me. calm I'm and cool now. now. <laughs> he, no, you're not fired. You're in. You're in. Uh, you do such a good job with planning. And, and you know what's nice about having so many female advisors on um, and and. Is just uh, typically a female just pays more attention to that discovery part. They just do a really good job at it. And so we have advisors from multiple decades and generations. We have a female, we have male advisors. So we find the right the right Mitch, uh, match. Excuse me, the right match for you and your personality, and then they take you on this journey and this financial coaching experience, which helps you lead. Um, To helps lead you to financial peace of mind and that's what financial detox is all about. Thank you for listening Andrew, thanks for being here. Thank you. Yes sir Uh, Alex, thanks as always and uh, wish you guys a happy uh, December and we'll see you next week.
0: To learn more about Financial Detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript and resources, visit FinancialDetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for Financial Detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind.
5: This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labrum and intelligence-driven advisors are not responsible for the Consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of the show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors' financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.